Spotify should have uh, a little box you can tick when you upload a podcast that says, is this a start from beginning or a start from end one? Is you have an episode you recommend to start on? Yeah. We oh. could do episode 19. Oh. That's, oh no. What's the title of episode 19? Uh, check the description. <laughs> Please check the description. <laughs> is that? Semen SD- displacement theory. SD- Let's not SD- butt around it. That's what it is. Okay. We've been recording for, feeling. for 30 seconds and we're talking all over you. I'm so sorry. Oh, it's all good. And we're in semen displacement theory. Oh. It took 30 seconds. <laughs> as soon as you said check the description, I knew. <laughs> <laughs> that was when we first started explicit content. It, yeah. For a while we were like we're good boys. Yeah, we, I, we bleep stuff. I want your I want the 14-year-olds who play this game to be able to listen to this and their mom not be upset. Yeah. No, I still don't think fair. she'd be upset. We're not like Joe Rogan. Yeah, what We're talking <laughs> about nature facts. <laughs> I had a discussion with my fellow co-host Ian um about whether or not we should be explicit or not. He said, "I don't think we're explicit." You listen to the first episode, it's pretty explicit. It's so so hard not to say fuck. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna open open us up. There's nobody to uh, interfere with me here, so I get to say welcome to the Arata Sonata podcast. I have two guest hosts with me here today. And you know what? I'll let them introduce themselves. (laughs) And they can talk over each other. So go for it. Whoever wants to start. He, he, my name perfect. <laughs> uh, my name is JB. My name is Nolan. We host a podcast called Security Checkpoint, which I hear has a little something to do with this one. I this is a new space. I I, I don't. This know. is strange. I've been I've been told that someone who does this podcast likes ours or something. Bad taste. <laughs> have you Have you two ever been on another podcast? Never. No, uh, this is the first time. No, like two weeks after we started. There was like a movie podcast in oh that, yeah that was in a Digimon group that was like hey it's super cool that you're starting a Digimon podcast uh we we were gonna do the would you like to be on this podcast with us and I to was talk like, about the Digimon movie yeah and we it never went anywhere but yeah I, and it's funny because every few days they would say something and I would just respond with words in all chat Digimon <laughs> <laughs> and then they would say something a few days later Digimon you know what I don't know if you're in any of the uh, the main tournament discords for online tournaments but I think every couple of days Dan Bang types I love Digimon <laughs> and it's just I've seen that it's Dude, Dan Bang got that for me I'll kill him yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the vendetta continues oh man and I've done that in our personal, or not our personal, our DFW Discord all the time after events. But yeah. don't get it twisted. We got room for new vendettas. That's perfect. That's me. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's fair. No, I I come out and hang out with you two. So there's no vendetta against me, right? That's it's just, true. Not yet. Let's talk about the elephants in the room. Jeremiah and Ian. Oh. Th- those are the problem children. Yeah. I have nothing to say about Ian those. is pretty tall. <laughs> He's a tall one. Yeah. <laughs> I just don't care about them enough to have opinions about Whoa! them. Whoa! <laughs> That's... Okay, that, that was verging on too mean. Too mean? That was verging on too mean. Yeah. Now we're, we're gonna have... I'm have sorry, an, Jeremiah. We're gonna have to have another sensitivity talk with Jeremiah. We Not, have one after every podcast. <laughs> I just want to note, I didn't say sorry to Ian. That's fine. <laughs> they are your two fellow security control players, though. Oh, shit. Yeah. I hate them. Yeah. <laughs> I, saw someone, the rest I saw someone with a hoodie that said anti-Setcon Setcon Club. I saw them, too. It was awesome. <laughs> and if it wasn't in the wrong font, I would have bought it right away. <laughs> I, I like that you said you hate them still, because I hate everyone that doesn't play the same deck as me. And for the people that play the same deck as me... I also hate you. Oh, <laughs> it's a different flavor of hate. It's like cherry. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. I I want to talk about security control with other security control players, and I think I need to for 
the what's the term collaborative growth no no yes although those things are true but this I'm, is what an I'm, awesome feature I'm, that we're bringing I'm trying to define the word for not it's a it's not a mechanic security control it is an archetype oh I mean, yes I yeah, would yes. love to talk to other people about the archetype so we can grow and collaborate on it but I never ever want to play them and I don't want to have to tech against the matchup <laughs> it really stresses me out yeah, oh for sure I I think I used to enjoy mirror matches a lot and I still think I do but Digimon has moved into a very new space where I think I enjoy the mirror match a little bit less. Sure. Really? Because I think I enjoy the mirror matches now way more than I did at the beginning. Because at the beginning, it was, you know, our effects had a lot less text. They yep. did a lot less things. So if you were the first person to go into the stack, unless it was a yellow mirror and the other person had was ready to go into their stack, whoever drew their line first was usually the person that had advantage. And unless the other person skilled them out or had a good security check, that was the person that usually won games. Okay. And I think that's less true now because we have spice and personality in decks. Let even me, in yours. Let me try and counter that. I, and I'm, you I don't can try. Think, it's very sturdy. I don't think I've played as long as either of you. When did you start? BT1. BT1. BT3. Okay, I, I pulled up in BT4. I started out with the green starter deck. What a baby. <laughs> <laughs> My cousin messaged me and said, hey, do you want to try out this game? And I'd seen it on Instagram. I liked Digimon. I was already a fan of the IP. And I tried it and I loved it. And the next day I went out and bought a box and started X. But You Grand, could find them? <laughs> yeah. That's what Grand Grand Kawagamon mirrors. If you pulled out first and did all your checks and the other person pulled out second and did all their checks and chaos mond into your Grand Kawagamon, that person was probably winning. Sure. And I yes, at that point that's very similar to yellow mirrors. Is yeah. the person who can answer the question and do checks, sure. And the same thing with Lord Knight and, Yes, Lord Knight was exactly the same. Yeah. Um and I guess I kind of put that in the same system as Yellow. But what I'm trying to say is that, like, mirror matches now have a lot more personality and skill depth to them because of the range of effects we have. Yeah. And it's not just building up a tower. And and there's not, like, a list of four tech cards that you can check and be like, yes. all right, I have to prep for these four things. Yes. Yeah. And there's a lot more to be gained from playing a Digimon on the board naked. Oh, yeah. Before, I, oh, it was man. nothing. Yeah. It was giving your opponent you time memory how, was desperate. Do you remember how hard we had to work to get... Pulsemon's the only good on-play Digimon. Yeah, which was gain a memory and draw a card, which is nothing Sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> I feel that I'm in a safe space to say this because I'm in the presence of a security control player. I get to talk about Blue Hybrid and not be the most hated in the room. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> I, um, I love Blue Hybrid mirror matches. They felt so skillful and fun for me. Yeah. Um, the hybrid meta, I think, was so interactive um, in a lot of different ways. Mm -hmm. uh, blue versus yellow was really fun. Yellow versus yellow was really fun. Blue versus blue was really fun. The Cherubimon decks coming out and shaking things up was were great. It was a great time. Yeah, it was awesome. As much as people hate on hybrids and say it was uninteractive, it felt so interactive. Yeah, it felt. I think it felt interactive because we were used to a different game state and what Tamers represented. Um, and when that changed, it felt like it was... And I think I was part of that problem, or maybe problem is not the right word, but I was part no, of that conversation. The right word. <laughs> I was part of that conversation of that, like, this is the new normal, and it's so drastically different from the old. How can we ever do the old again? Yes. How I, can you ever play Digimon and have them feel safe? When you you we were really doomer about it. Yeah, too. because we couldn't interact with tamers. Yeah. The only thing there was Zwart, and Zwart was a seven. Yeah. Like, to get there was a, so much effort to put into the raising area. What are you going to push out a six and go into seven? I think after last year, Nats, when we hung out, 
I went back and listened to your old, old podcasts. And I loved hearing the Doomer takes from VT7. It was it was very enjoyable. I think those Doomer takes came out last episode, too, with training. Oh, and yeah. Like, you're... You're doing about something, I always. I think you're pretty spot on with trainings, though. They have changed the game in a drastic way, and they don't go away like tamers do. No. No, you can't interact with that. Someday we will. I'm sure that I'm someday... I'm sure we'll someday we'll interact with a delay area. Yeah. And we'll I can't wait for it. And I also think there needs to be more interaction with tamers and the discard pile. Like... Don't let Ian hear you say that. Oh my god. It needs to. So like, if not if not that, we need something for, for instance, for red hybrids, and I'm so biased, I don't give a shit. When red hybrids use five hybrids to put under Takuya, and then that stack goes away, those hybrids should be removed from the game. They shouldn't be able to do it again. It's mindless. There's There shouldn't be a reward for one stack dying, and it powers your engine for the rest of the game. You are so heated right now. I'm really enjoying it. feels like an echo chamber. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like I'm yelling in my opinion on a wall and I'm just hearing it come back to this. I, I think one thing, I love the resource system in this game, the memory gauge, but the rest of the resources and how we treat Digimon in the trash need to be literal resources because right now they are nearly permanent. I, I think for a long time, Purple has been accruing resources and we kind of hit a critical mass and Bandai realized that and just had to go crazy with the bands. Yeah. Um, but purple being able to use their trash as a second hand, but also to be able to play stuff for free from the trash for free. Mm-hmm. It just, it was too much and it shows the strength of trash and any deck that can utilize it just has such a huge edge. Yes. Over other but here's the thing and, is- and to think I had people complaining to me about me, Tamamon in the X2 bracket. bracket. Yeah. Well, that's- people complain against what they're losing. Against. Yeah. That's, <laughs> that's where you find the wrong complaints. You know yeah, what I mean? Like, absolutely. I remember I went to a store championship way up north. I was up there for, um, I was up visiting friends. And so it was a small town. I showed up to a store champ because I thought it'd be fun. There were seven people there. And I was having a discussion with someone and they said at their locals, this is in BT9, by the way. Okay. They said, Jessmon and Yellow Hybrids really needed the hit because Jessmon was just dominating their locals. And you know what? I'm not a fan of Jessmon, but based on the results we had here, did I feel like Savior needed the hit? No. No, no I, I didn't. I, I, what I think some of the bands have done and the restrictions have been about is not necessarily game balance, but the feelings that players have. And when a Jessmon came out and instantly killed someone, they felt like, oh, do I have to put Sukuyamon in? Do I have to put in this weird, strange tech that could blanket the opponent like Ice Wall or something? Yeah. They... They felt like the only action they had was in deck building, which feels bad. Okay, and look. which was the same reason Tommy, I think, initially got restricted because getting your Digimon that you planned to how to play around and having infinitely get stunned without being able to interact with the opponent's tamers, it leads to feeling bad, and that is in a lot of ways more important than balance. It's very interesting because I, I've said before, I play a deck. Uh, when it feels good. It has to be good, but it also has to feel good. And so, obviously, player feeling is very important to me. And we all get off on different things. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But. <laughs> That's what JV speaks of. Yeah, we get off on different things. <laughs> <laughs> Big capital B on this, but where do we draw the line for player feeling? Because, like you said, you have people complaining about me talking Yeah, about. exactly. What the fuck is this? <laughs> Holy shit. You don't want it? 
Oh, you all, you, you oh, oh, we're all suddenly realizing that we haven't let JB talk. <laughs> talk then. God I'm damn trying. it. I'm <laughs> now go. Uh, no, I got nothing to say. Go ahead. What were we talking about? Just talking about feel player bad. Feelings. Player feeling. Yes, I think when it, when player feeling is most relevant is interaction. So like Jessmon, the interaction was low because when they hit, they pushed out the six and won the game. Mm-hmm. And you didn't have we didn't have counter step. Your your only hope was to really have either interaction or a Sukuyamon on the board, right? At the time, how else did you interact with the Jessmon stack coming out? Blockers, but even then they could destroy stuff. Win, win I f- first, I guess. Yeah. Sure, win first. I feel um, like banning not for balance but for player feeling. I th- there's also an element of power creep interacting with that. Like we have a bunch of decks now that can push out and swing all your security. Yeah. But we we saw today Anubis lose to a ton of stuff, like matchups that they are not good into. Mm-hmm. But its power is such that there there isn't a handful of decks that can do what Anubis mod does. Right. And I think part of the problem is Anubis was made too broadly. Because even if it's not great in this meta, and it is great in this meta, yeah. in the future, they have it to will be only s- get better. They have to be so careful about every purple card they print. Every because single it, one. It will all come back to Anubis Mon. And I think at a certain point, like maybe a few sets from now, we're going to get to a point where I think cards like Anubis will need to get banned. Because, when they because are, every purple deck will play it. And then when the mirror happens, who gets Anubis first? That feels bad. For sure. I agree. I'm biased, for sure. But I think I do a pretty good job of separating player feeling from balance. Mm-hmm. In BT9, some people may say it was player feeling. I felt like it was unbalanced what we were doing based on what where we had been, right? The raise up, swing all your checks. Maybe it was player feeling. I didn't enjoy it. Are you saying we as like the community, we as blue players, we as... Arata Sonata. We as Rada Sonata <laughs> did not enjoy BT9. I, I famously hated BT9. Um, and BT10 was just BT9.5. Sorry, I, I really wish I could tie numbers to cards, but what was happening in BT9? Was that it was, just That was the start of X-Antibody. Oh, God. It was and like, I, I personally hate X-Antibodies. Man, I love it. I, I just think it's so crazy that it's, it's so functional. If you need a level 4, it works as level 4. If you have a 4... Go on that as well. So it's just free cycle. It is so yeah. powerful. But I think BT9, for me, that was a balance problem. Even though I heard people say, oh, we've got so many so many different decks playing. They're all doing the same thing. Elfamon and Nelga and Grand. Yeah, it was all OTK. Yeah. Now, this is this is looking into the future. But we're, it's coming up on us. Apocalymon. Mm-hmm. I, this is so controversial. I would have really liked to see what it... Did here and absolutely not. We're gonna get the chance to see it. <laughs> we're gonna get the chance to see it. But I, I did a little bit of testing, and it is a little bit crazy. But and th- again, this is a but. Is it going to be something like Jessmon, where it had insane results in Japan? It posted crazy results, but then when it came here, it was very, very lackluster, and it was mostly player feeling. Now, I'm not saying I don't want a Pokemon to be banned. But it's what, already restricted, right? Yeah. yeah. It's restricted on print. Yeah. No, no, no. We have two weeks with it. For That's real? not the regionals, right? No. March 1st, it is banned. Oh, or limited. Thank fucking God. I think I think what my point is, is that I'm very excited about us catching up with Japan. Oh, I'm, it's the best. Because I don't want to deal with knowing a card's coming out and knowing Japan plays very differently than us, but having to deal with 
the expectations of like, yeah, 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 a a band list suited to a different community. Exactly. Right. I, what I'm not happy about, and this was just recently announced, was the amalgamation of, of boxes coming up. I was not a fan of 1.0 and 1.5. Yeah. It made it a lot more difficult to get specific cards and it's going to have, not that I'm a a card reseller, but I am a a singles believer and (laughs) buying on the secondary market is going to be rough. Hot singles in your area. I'm sorry. They announced how the set's going to work. They just said they want to smash two together. We don't know how those numbers are going to work, if there's going to be multiple, more super rares than average in the average box. And they could definitely do that, and that would be so cool. I know they probably won't. I know you're listening, Bandai. I know you're huge fans of uh, security checkpoints. Come on, Paul. (laughs) Paul Bandai. Bandai. (laughs) Yeah, that's PB. (laughs) I knew P Bandai stood for something. Of course. Oh. Um, but I would be, I would be thrilled to see them give us a little bit more in boxes for that. But take main takeaway is Bandai's been doing some great things. I'm very happy as a Digimon player right now. Yeah. The event was for all of its faults. Many, many, many faults. It was pretty fun. But I think that fun came from the player base. Yeah, of course. The the games we played. It always does. Yeah. But I, I felt good about the ban list for the most part. The, the restrictions they've been announcing. Mm-hmm. I feel good about catching up. I felt good about the last few metas. I felt good playing Digimon. I'm happy playing Digimon. I don't know about you two. I, 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 I'm pretty happy, but um, I really think I need Bandai to break away from the habit they've done three fucking nationals in a row. Which is, a card comes out, and they knew they have the data in Japan. Which again, I'm happy when they won't. But they had the data in the Japan. They knew Ice Wall was too strong. We had a Nationals with Ice Wall. And Ice Wall was the, the meta. The winner. Yes. It, it won and it was the meta. It was yep. most of the meta. That happened last year in Nationals with Greymon X Antibody. They announced the Restrict before Nationals. Mm-hmm. So everyone knew it was super powerful. It became the, the heart of the meta. And what everyone was thinking about, it won Nationals. Anubismon did the same fucking thing. And you know what's fun is... It's fun the right word for what you're about to <laughs> you say, know motherfucker? Intriguing. <laughs> intriguing. Is we were just talking about player feeling, and very early on when I started playing with my cousin, he talked about knowing that a card was about to be limited. I can't remember what card it was. Maybe it was MDF, but I don't remember playing Ooh, MDF. That sure. card was too good. But he said it felt worse playing against it, knowing it, it was going to be limited soon. Yeah. And I feel like that's both the past nationals have felt that way. Every national. Every single one. Yeah. And I really hope. With the combination of, you know, uh, America and Japan being on the same timeline, that Bandai can break this habit, but it's been three years now. And I really don't want to go into the next meta saying, oh, there's a restriction on the on the way for a card that's too good, and it's going to be live at Nationals, and this is going to dictate our meta. What I want the meta to be, if a new set's coming out, and then Nationals happening, is I want people to hold their cards to their chest. I want people to be secretive about their lists, and I want people to not know what's coming. If, if they do know what's coming, it's from, like, cash tournaments and stuff that's happening beforehand to hype it up, to get some data, yeah. people to play some games. But without data coming from Japan, I want that feeling of no one knowing what a meta is. Okay, that that's very interesting. Me and JB had a little conversation while we were waiting in line for mm-hmm. our buys. Because we discussed this a little bit. And I, I, I'm so on the fence. I enjoy the, the not knowing. But personally... Where I get all my hard testing in and my data collection is in playing in those large tournaments. So I was very sad to not have that opportunity 
when we release a box a week before nationals. Sure. It's fun, but it's also... <clears throat> you you don't get to do your testing in the right situation. Right. Unfortunately, locals is only so much, and it's hard to uh, it's hard to find people online to uh, to play with. Yeah. Um, all all of the testing that we did for this tournament was pretty much online. Yeah, I didn't touch cards until we got here and, in LA, and it it's such a jarring feeling, like seeing people make decisions in their play and in their deck building that are just twice as creative as what some motherfucker who's booting <laughs> up a booting up a, a, an unofficial Digimon sim yeah. to, to grind a couple games is going to be playing. With a list they got online. Yeah. yeah. Man, I love it though. I love pulling up and seeing the crazy things that people have thought out yeah. and pull off. Yeah. It's the best. And it will only get better and I when see- there's less of a normal. There will be no normal. I don't have confirmation for this yet, but there was rumors going around that Gotcha Green made day two. Yes. Bagra Army made day two. Correct. Yes. Top 32. Both of those decks. I heard Bagra Army made top eight. I don't know. That, if that is true, that is crazy. Um, I think it's underrated to have a card that says, look in your opponent's hand and discard one. I also think that Ian is a big Bagra uh, believer, and we've played it a lot. It's not great against blue. Um, no. Because stripping sources and bouncing stuff is... Not to mention, against decks like that that are always pushing up the next stack, they're not so worrying about the perfect as much as go. Yeah. But um, a nice tempo Bagra army that puts in pressure, it does well. I yeah. think it does well. We haven't even started talking about the finals. Can we talk about the finals on this? I'd love to. It's your podcast. That's what, oh. Why are you asking our permission? I don't have people on the left and right of me... Uh, this is, yeah, as far as me. we know, this is your operation. This is my operation. Ian, Jeremiah, you two are gone. Get <laughs> out of here. It would have been awesome to record this with y'all. Yeah, yeah, maybe one day. You guys should come to the the, de- the Fort Worth Regional. Yeah. Um, let's talk about the finals. I think... Most hype finals I've ever seen. I want to let... I don't know, Nolan's been doing so much talking okay, already. I but know. I feel like you should lead it, because... It's your brethren. I I was in there like it was a fucking wrestling show. It was so much fun. It was electric. Yes. (laughs) I've never had that level of excitement. And of course, it was live, right? I watched the other two Nationals finals live um, electronically. And and we've gotten kind of hype about it. Yeah. But the the audience, knowing that the people in that room were just as sick as me. (laughs) They they handed out little inflatable clappers. What what would you call those? Yeah. yeah, sticks. And, like, and yeah, there's clappers. yeah, sticks. And just everyone was popping off, yeah. smashing them around. And the guy sang Braveheart, which yeah. is the song when they digivolve in season three. Yeah, right before the main yeah. event. Oh, it, it was so funny because he he also quickly said, "I was expecting people to want me to sing the uh, the Digimon," and he like gave a brief thing. <laughs> the like, American. Yeah, yeah. that's um, so good. But yeah, and I actually messaged my friends back home, and I said, "This is so." Fun. I used the word electric because it would. It felt like I was at a sporting event. Yes. Yeah. I wish I could have watched the whole top eight like that. A hundred percent. It is a huge letdown that they did not do more. It was just the finals. Now, oh, I, and what we need to do more than anything now, more than ever, is to yell at Bandai. Yep. We need to use our voices because some of those moments in the event were fantastic, and others were awful. That's okay. That was that was a comment for us and no one else. <laughs> Fill out surveys, everyone. No, I think it is for everyone else. Everyone needs to use if their voice about what... If you Nats, yeah, fill out a survey no, about what you experienced. I'm not talking about just Nats. Sure. I'm talking about Digimon as a medium, or trading card game. 
Um, Welcome to the revolutionary meeting. My my majority of listeners are Canadians. Um, Us too, apparently. Oh, <laughs> yeah, really? well, <laughs> everyone that came and talked to us today said they liked the podcast was Canadian. We're from Canada. <laughs> Canada really likes Digimon. Um, That's cool. But one thing that we're all clamoring for and we need to keep staying on Bandai. Is in-person events. In-person events in Canada. We, we don't get any. You have such a player base. We don't get any official Bandai events out in Canada. It's, and it's such a bummer. It's unreasonable. But back to it. The it was the most hype I've ever been watching Digimon. It was it was Anubismon versus Security Control. Mamba Mia. <laughs> when Security Control made top two, I jumped. Yeah. Like I literally sprung up and like clapped my ankles together. I was so excited. Now were you scared? Because you sat down next to me and said, this is where Magna Anjumon gets lit. I've been saying it to JB for a while that if Ma- if Security Control ever wins a national or worlds or any big event past regionals, Magna Anjumon's going to get banned because of... Because the they're, they ain't playing right. <laughs> they ain't playing the they way ain't, Bandai They won. ain't building stacks the way God meant. Um, and more than that, the complaints are what's heard. And Bandai will see that as a, as a feels bad. Same way that Tommy and Jessmon and all that stuff, they will say it feels bad for your opponent to recover to nine to recover to play uh, what they see as what a lot of people see when they lose a security control is brainless as play the cards that say recover and sit back. I have a hot take that kind of relates to what you're saying. Okay. But you're saying security control isn't the way Bandai wants you to play. Now, do I think the loop should have stayed in the game? The infinite loop with. Grace Novamon. I think I've changed my tune. I think it shouldn't stay in the game. Absolutely but do I like the fact that Bandai is saying, we don't like how people are playing these cards. We're going to limit them. Because their reasoning was not the power level of the deck. Their reasoning was it was unintended um, interactions. Sure. And I, that's I, my favorite part of a card game. Yes. I think unintended ra- interactions, I think they misspoke. I think they have a PR person who did their best, but the devs backstage said one player can't play. Yeah. Yeah. And they could say whatever they want on the website to like PR it, but one player can't play anymore. Yes. Yeah. And maybe, maybe one day you two will get to this point in uh, this podcast, but when we initially launched the, the loop episode where we talked about it being him, I did bring up the point where when somebody raises up their Melga stack Mm -hmm. and they swing, 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 that's the end of the game for you. And so for me... Not me. The, yeah. <laughs> for me, the idea was you outplay the setup, not the result. Sure. So the idea is you try to outplay the loop. Now, I then played against someone that can... Three games in a row, they set up the loop on turn two. Yeah. And I said, how are you doing this? You mm-hmm. are the Hyrule god. Yeah. He was top 32 today as well. Oh, man. So... um yeah, if, if you put practice into getting that loop and figuring out every situation, every bit, every hand test, no, what you exactly, can mulligan, yeah. it but would be horrendous. I didn't want to derail this with the loop, but I just wanted to bring up, I don't like the idea of Bandai saying, you're not playing the way I want you to play. Sure. I understand that, and I don't think they are. I don't think they've done that. I think they may have used different words on their website, but I, I think that got banned for a reason. They want players to take as many turns as they can. Yes. Yeah. It's no, a, I just brought a, it up because of security. Control. Yeah, yeah, totally. It's a big thing in um this game we play a lot called Blood on the Clock Tower, which is like Mafia with a DM, is that your main goal as the DM is to make it a close game. And what Bandai wants is the two players to interact for as long as possible. 
Um, yeah. And if they're not, it's because one player is putting all of their money into the early game. And that's okay. Yeah. You, it's okay to play all threes. You can do it. Um, it it might not be work. good. Yeah, and that was fine. Um, I don't think Bandai is saying there's a wrong way to play the game. I think what they are saying is they want you to play the game. And they don't want there to be a moment where only one player can. Um, but with security control specifically, I think in design... Security control plays Digimon around the system that is built, just like the stack system. They play the security system. And they are playing the yeah. system, the rules that Bandai has built, um, just as much as the other stack decks. They are just playing to another mechanic in the same game, the same ecosystem. And that makes it okay. The problem is if the player base uh, is too loud over the feels bad moment of feeling like they don't have control of the big security stack and swinging into it. But I think what we saw today and what we've continued to see is there's a lot of interaction and choices you can make against security control. My run ended today against security control. Do I think any cards in security control need to be hit? Not even a little bit. No. But this gets back to player feeling. And I think a lot of, I know a lot of players see security control players and they they throw up in their mouths a little bit. Yeah, they hate us. Yeah. It's no. crazy. You are not liked people. No. <laughs> but... Those are my favorite kind of players. I love playing a, a deck where the other person hates my guts for playing. <laughs> That's why I love Blue Hybrid. And here's the thing is, I can get it when like we're both in the world of the game and you hate me. You hate me as a player in that moment of, of us playing, great. But afterwards, you know, we do the fist bump. We say that was a good game. We talk about it, whatever. There are people who walk away and they think of you differently as a person because of your choices in the game. That is too far. And I think... If that got too out of control, if those voices were the loudest that Bandai heard, Magna Angemon would get hit. The security system, I think security control would still live. There would still be versions. They're still printing cards, Digimon, with security effects because that is a huge part of the system that will not die. Taylor doesn't even play the game. She thinks you're a cheater for playing security. <laughs> she told me leading up to Nationals that you should play security control. And then two days ago we were playing leading up to the event and I, I called her on the phone said, I keep losing to Nolan's security control. She said, I told you. <laughs> you need to change your deck list right now. So I'm not willing to tell her that I lost a security control. <laughs> In the top 32 yeah. at the end. It'll be so shameful. From her perspective, she's like, I've got it all figured out. Exactly. <laughs> I'm all about the Digimon trading card game and this donkey. She's <laughs> like, you give me this deck, I'll win right now. <laughs> Thank you, Taylor, for all that you do. That'd be awesome. But I'm rooting for Taylor in next Nance. Absolutely. You know, I'll, I'll make her a list. You know what's great about the finals today? Every time something happened that was exciting, people cheered. It didn't feel like people were booing for a new There was no one-sided. There wasn't no. any booing, really. No. Everyone was happy to see stuff happen. Yes. yes. Any Every point of interaction, it does not matter which player's favor it was, was exciting because we were all just wanting to see a game of Digimon. I, I continually felt shocked when I heard Nolan pop off when the newest player did something good. Yeah. I was like, you should be booing right now. You no. should cheer for security control. I won a good game more than anything. Yeah. I love this game. And when I I think I would have been more disappointed than anything if either Anubis swung in security and got instantly owned by like Chaos Degrade Schwartz, right? And it just shut them off. And I would have gotten really annoyed if Anubis popped off on turn two and just hit Tamers. We did see a double chaos turn. Was that game one? That was game one. Game one. Yeah, and security control won that one. Yeah. Pretty handily. What was interesting, and we were we were all discussing throughout the game, yeah. and that was a lot of fun. It was so a much fun. A lot of fun. Um, 
was that there were so many times where we were saying, we think security control has this. It looks like it's shut off for Anubis. And then... Game two, by masterfully played by the Anubis oh player. Oh my god. Unreal. Within, within six turns, which went really quick, yeah. there was like this incredible board state for the Seccon player. There was eight cards in his security. Had two tamers. Two tamers. A Salomon in the back waiting. Just chilling. And a, a full stack in raising from the Anubis player. And we're like, oh, that's card advantage. That's game. Yes. Something that I have been freaking out about this meta is that there are a lot of decks. At first, I thought it was just Miller. At first, I thought it was just, you know, decks like Jessmon that can assemble the perfect stack. When you don't, when a deck doesn't have a traditional time limit of you hitting their security and they can set up perfectly, it doesn't matter that you have a stack of eight security. If they can get the perfect um, build every time, they're going to win. Which is why I played so many more Digimon than normal to pressure the opponent into saying, you have to play now. Yeah. You have to play now. You can't keep building. You have to go. And what we saw in that game, too, was the security controller took a lot of time to pressure, to, to build up, and spent zero, zero percent of the time, never swung did not on that security stack. Game one, did he not swing? I don't think he swung. No. Not even once. I remember I, game two, the newest player had something like nine security. Yes. And at one point, I think three Murbo were in there. Yeah. And I thought, I swore... That that game was over for the newest player. I cannot believe they turned it around. It was beautifully played. It was but so exciting. I think that came down to that security control build. It was beautiful. I loved it. But what it lacked in that moment, in that literal moment of game two, was that it did not put pressure on the opponent. Mm. And that Anubis got to perfectly build. Even, even though they had problems with Chaos Degrade and what went in there, they got to be completely stress-free about solving the problem at hand. The most they had to think about is how much... How many cards can I draw? How many cards can I draw and how much memory can I give? The the decisions on when to choke and when to give eight yeah. and figuring out how they respond were done so well by the Anubis player. Can we talk about the, the pivot he made? Because game one... It, he played traditional. He played traditional and he got punished. And then game two, we saw him digivolving in, into Blue Marimon in, in the back so that he wasn't having to draw those extra cards. He yes. went all the way up to Anubis. And yeah. Yes, it was smart. Gorgeous. And he was not doing the traditional, okay, I have Anubis, I get back Mervo. He was doing, like, Anubis, get back Black Gatomon. Which was the game-changing yes. tech. We've talked Anub about trash control so much, and I think... Black, I think Black Gatomon is the beginning. I always miss Black Gatomon. I list Merciful Mode, and I list um, Avenge Kidmon. And I think just those two mm -hmm. is what I thought it was. And I always forget, because the RB1, yeah. Black Gatomon. The way they were able to bottom deck the Magna Anjumon. First of all... First Anubis proc. Yeah. So he says, I play a Digimon by effect. Kill your Magna. Immediately bottom deck it before you can play with it. Yeah. And they just... They kept looking through their trash for Flame Hellsight targets. And yeah. there was no Magna Anjumon ever. Yeah. Very, very often. He, it was like nothing going and on And that's there. what I'm trying to say. Is that that situation, getting the setup with the Black Gatomon on the Anubis turn... Oh. That was possible because no pressure was put on the Anubis player. I and do. obviously that worked game one. And maybe it would have worked if they did another best of three and it would have worked several times in the future. But from the games we saw, that was a res direct result of security control having no pressure on the Anubis player. And the adaptation, a lot of Anubis players wouldn't have done that. Would it, they would have tried to do the traditional Absolutely. thing. And I think even I, if knowing the security control matchup or knowing how to play against it, I think I would have messed up with the fours and fives I played. Um, and the ways I chose to attack. 
but with his, he was not afraid of Dexmon, which blew my mind, and he did it perfectly. He was he, also playing out Psychmon almost every time. Yes. Psychmon and, oh my god, Psychmon was on both sides of the table. It was, that was fun to it see. Was it was amazing. Awesome. And um, they were both, because it's a purple card, it just never truly goes away. It yeah. just comes back out over and over and over again. About Black Gatomon, one thought that I don't want to let go is how fucked up is it that trash is something we're all trying to deal with and purple has the advantage on it. And the, <laughs> the, card, the card that gives you the quickest, easiest way to deal with one single card from the opponent's trash is still fucking purple. It's still purple. They have everything. And it's so funny because... We can't, we can't devote to Merciful Mode. It's a level 7. It has and no protection. And it's that good against no. anything but Anubis. I, I, or ta I talked about Merciful Mode Leading into this tournament, I really would have liked to make room for it because I think does well against Anubis and Melga in Red Hybrid. And Sekhon. I think it would have changed my matchup against Red Hybrid. Um, and Balsar, obviously. And Hunters, because you bought him. Holy shit, why isn't everyone playing Merciful Mode? Because we can't get to seven! You have to get to a level seven. And you know what? The fact that it trashes itself and trashes security, that's great for Mirage. I don't want this level seven. I want my level yeah, six. And then you get back to your six. Mm -hmm. It's good, but the problem is, is that Unless you're playing against another security control player, they're killing you. If I leave, <laughs> if I leave that merciful mode on field, I'm losing that stack. It's gone. Yeah. yeah, it has no protection, so it just was not worthwhile. Unfortunately, I really like the idea behind it. Yeah, but that just goes to show how desperate we are for trash control. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's it's insane that we haven't gotten more. And here's the thing: is I don't think trash control is necessarily the problem. I think that when things are used from trash, there needs to be another price to pay. And that might be when the, the next time the card leaves the battlefield or the, the game area, it gets removed from game. Or blood sacrifice. Or something. Or like, say <laughs> say you bring a card back from the trash, the the price to bring to bring it is to remove from game or bottom deck other cards from your trash. Some sort of exile. Yes. Some sort of exile or some sort of reward for the opponent. Like, we yeah. have overflow for a reason. Yeah. If you're going to get that much free resource out of that system, which is the trash, um, I think there needs to be some sort of drawback. Like, for instance, at a certain point, trash is out of hand. You get There's 20 cards in there. You can solve any problem you need. And maybe it's, you know, get a card back from trash. If there's 10 or more cards in trash, you there's a drawback. There's something. We don't necessarily need to attack it in the way where we, as the opponent, fight the trash. The trash needs to be punished on its own. There's a reason calling from the darkness is at one. Because... It's insane. It's an insanely valuable card. And Purple has gone away with it for too long. Yes. that Their hand is... 10 cards in hand, 20 in trash. And, I mean, Bandai's been working to put a stop to it, but... Ian, Ian Jeremiah, y'all are the goofy hosts, right? My coworker bought the uh, the X-Men novel, or the X-Men comic where they say the N-word. Sorry, what was that? I can, I can actually barely hear you, and we're sitting right next to you on the couch. I could lend you guys baggage claim for this episode. You can play the music right here. Yeah, we got both the hosts. Can, can we acapella the music? How well, do you, <laughs> how well do you two know the baggage claim theme? We bought. We spent $15. Oh, that's pretty good. The big bow. The opening bow makes me feel like just like the IQ drops. Yeah, like, whenever, whenever I hear it, I just get... 
Seinfeld vibes. I think of Seinfeld and we weird, weird. We searched Seinfeld music. Royalty <laughs> free, royalty free Seinfeld track, please. That yeah, you spot on then. Every time <laughs> I haven't even watched that much of Seinfeld. Me neither. But every time I hear, it, I'm like, this is Seinfeld. <laughs> okay, let's talk about non Digimon highlights. No, I, I this weekend. What I mean, so we've talked about the trash, the the matchup, and how to play versus security control, and how well it was done. I don't know if they got to see each other's lists. I know in some really big tournaments, no, they, people get to see had, each other's lists. At the start of the top 64 day two cut, which I made, by the way. Sick. Congratulations. <laughs> they announced that it will not be open lists. Mm. Oh, wow. Because um, I think Battle Spirits was open list. I don't know about One Piece, which I watched all three of their finals today. Digimon was electric, and I loved it because I knew what was going on. Mm-hmm. Battle Spirits, I have some knowledge of. Because I played it, and they they still use a lot of set one cards. Very fun to watch as well. One Piece, less fun, but I'm a the crowd was hype. Crowd was insane, and yeah. I like One Piece. And not to mention it was the biggest crowd. Yeah, which we're not Bandai's favorite child anymore. Obnoxious a little bit, but this is my podcast. I get to say what I want. Sure, talk let's, shit. Let's start talk going off. It. Okay, why was True Champion Steven commentating? Oh my god. <laughs> Nobody wanted him there. I don't... Uh, here's the thing is, if when designing a duo of people commentating, I understand that one of them, you might want to be a big social presence. To be able to talk, you know, um, I think there's analysis versus in the moment hype. I forget color the term commentary. for it. Color, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think Yoshi's perfect for color. He plays the game casually, um, but he has a great charismatic... He's uh, an actor and you can tell it. Yeah, he's a fucking Power Ranger. Yeah. He's so rad. <laughs> he's so cool. And alongside that should be someone who plays the shit out of Digimon and knows the top decks, or at least knows Anubis and Security Control very well to be able to talk about them. We didn't get that. We didn't get that. We we saw someone who wanted to be charismatic alongside Yoshi. I and That's his name. You, right? Yeah. Because we Yeah. You verbalized this, but I was thinking it. Because I was just tuning them out. But you said, I wish they weren't talking right now. Yeah, there was a point where I was so excited about the game and the stuff that was happening. And they were just kind of joking around. I was like, do you not get it? Yeah. This is it. <laughs> this is the finals. We were I don't feel like you guys crowd. are as excited as us about it. Oh, for sure. And I, I'm too judgmental. I know it. It's a curse. It's a problem. It's not a curse. I can work on it. I can fix it. The, the only thing I can factually say about True Champion Steven is that I've met... Players from his local that like him a lot. Yeah. I've never heard people who met him and have interacted with him say anything that, like, he's rude or anything. But when I've watched him live, he's talked this way to viewers that make me be like, I don't really want to hang out. It rubs you the wrong way. Yeah. And I don't feel bad where, like, I'm going to say, oh, he wasn't good. He wasn't this. But I just would have preferred someone who was more in love with the... With the game. The card game. And more excited about it. Because what I saw was someone trying to just mirror the color commentary. He does I, not... I, I feel like, also, uh, for both of our commentators, like, it's easy to look at this finals matchup and be like, alright, how do I make watching security control bearable? There, you I, know? I also felt like... we. I feel like I, we I, talked I, that, for 50 minutes straight. Like, yeah. we barely had silence between us. We were so excited. It was clear... But I, I, I'm just saying that's an easy mindset to be in. I'm sure. So sorry. And no, that's what the podcast is for, interrupting each other. Oh, oh, I get it. I thought it was for saying mean things about women. 
no. <laughs> Oh. oh no! Wow! Not not this pot. Okay, we can cut that. <laughs> I cut. My girlfriend sends me podcast TikToks and is like, "Is this you?" <laughs> no, I, I've said this on our podcast before, but twice I've told someone I have a podcast and they'd be like, "Oh, like Joe Rogan." <laughs> you know what? They're not here to defend themselves, so I'll say it. Jeremiah and Ian, they hate women. <gasps> Oh, that sucks. They were both in long, healthy relationships with their girlfriends. And hate and women. And hate women. Oh, Dang. my goodness. To be fair, I'm not a big fan of Angel Mon. <laughs> but Angel Mon? <laughs> yeah, no, I'm the same. There was a Andrew Mon sign that we had to sit, stand beside in line for probably 45 minutes. We did not move. It really makes you confront how horny it is. Oh, yeah, for sure. It and really makes you confront it's it. It's not the horniest Angel Mon. It's not. Far. That is Taylor's favorite part of the game. She loves yeah. Andromon. I'm specifically avoiding using the word gets off on Andromon. Sure, sure. That's, that's a, too real. Good yet, call. And yet. <laughs> and yeah. No, my girlfriend loves when I have, when anime, big titty anime women, as she calls them. Yeah. Like on a card. She's just, oh, Taylor lives for it. Yeah. That's the only way I get her to play the game. There was a while where I, I think the main reason I, in BT7 or whenever that hybrid meta was, I stopped playing yellow hybrids because the whole deck was scantily clad women. And I was like, I can't do it anymore. It doesn't feel good. No. No. But speaking of the podcast and interrupting each other, I totally lost what I was going to say. You... Oh, I remember what I was going to say. We're oh, talking about commentary. Back. Welcome right? back. And I'm back. Um, we were talking about commentary. It felt like what the, the majority of what they were discussing was classic tropes about Anubis and security. Yeah, they were kind of filling the air. They weren't talking about the current game. They, they were, were talking about... The decks. Exactly. Which, I mean, maybe that's what Bandai wants to hire. They want to hire someone generic so that players who are less involved You think are they able... put that much thought into it? You're right. You <laughs> yeah, so. like, this is a, a, a feckless train of thought. I said this I don't think so. Too. I don't think so. Because I think if I'm the person hiring for commentators at Bandai... You want someone accessible. But here's the thing. Our card game's not, not that accessible, accessible to watch finals without having played the game. And I think at that point, you shoot to your audience. Yeah. And I wish they had shot to their audience a little more to people who could get really excited about the interactions that were happening there. The crowd was there. They were excited. Yeah. We didn't even need the commentators. We didn't. But if we had electric commentators to match the crowd, like I brought this up earlier. Smash commentators, now they're not always great, but so often they make a They're map. hype. They're yeah. excited. They're very excited. Fun. And if we had that, imagine the crowd we would have had today. Yeah. Because yeah. it we did not have that. And I I stuck around for the One Piece uh commentary or the One Piece finals, and one of the commentators, I don't know that much about him, but he was good. He was a good commentator. And yeah. and they're I, people that love the game. And I didn't feel that with Digimon. I just checked, and we've accidentally recorded 48 minutes. It's uh, your podcast. Thanks for listening to Erata Sonata. <laughs> <laughs> I'm good with that. <laughs> Are you going to put this together with more stuff from your people to like do one big Nationals episode? Probably try. Ian would like that. Ian's the editor, so yeah. I like giving him lots of work. I just write <laughs> Did this. he edit two hours and 47 minutes? Cause... Yeah, that was a four-hour podcast. <laughs> That was that was take one of Arata Sonata and what what it was always meant to be. This this was my vision. Okay, was three guys hanging out and just talking and having a good time. Isn't and, that what every podcast you want? And we'll to be? see what comes out of it. And 
I think we went through a brief period where we tried to manufacture it too much. Yes. But we're getting back. I think we all do. Yeah. And it, it's hard. It's hard because you start to realize that it, you're not just hanging out. Yeah. And for this right now, that's all I've been doing. Yeah. I have enjoyed this so much. Thank you for guest hosting. Oh, of course. Yeah, of course. I would love right time. I don't think either of you need to plug. I'm pretty sure every one of our listeners already listens to your podcast. But if you'd like to plug. Yeah, uh, Security Checkpoint. It's a podcast uh, not unlike this one. I thought you were going to do the, the outro that we do exactly on Security Checkpoint. <laughs> oh, I, sh- I should. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at, at SEC Checkpoint. You can email us at seccheckpointpod at gmail.com. Leave these guys a question in the Spotify box. Please I was do. waiting for you can. You can. <laughs> and I want to say, you can go into Anubis and raise me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love seeing people. I want to see it more. I think we've had one person commenting on our YouTube uh, Spotify or YouTube playlist. Yeah. And they said, can't wait for the next episode. And then five episodes later, I've never seen a, a view from them again. So, <laughs> you have to go at it for a while yep. to get to get the regulars. And you shouldn't take and long breaks. Yeah, sometimes <laughs> you lose regulars. Yeah, we, we went on a long break and oops. But yeah. please leave a comment for us. Please leave a comment for Security Checkpoint. I wholeheartedly enjoy reading the comments people leave. It's so fun. Yeah, I, don't know I love you, interacting with the community. I don't know if you read my comment, but there was one time where you said, oh, I don't remember what you said, but basically my comment was, please trash on people more. <laughs> oh, is that you? Please yeah. talk to more trash. Yeah, yeah that was me. That's funny. People love to start a fire. It's so fun. It's fun stuff for sure. But, anyways, thank you again for coming out. This was the end of the the Nationals podcast, and I can't oh, wait to see you two again over. next year. It's, it's over. over. I'm leaving in a rage. I'm brewing Quantum Mon. Actually, before we leave, I'll, I'll end with this. How should we end our podcast? Oh, you don't know yet. Ian likes night guys. <laughs> Wait. That's so vanilla. That, that, that's my crew of like urchin street thieves. The night guys. The night boys. <laughs> the night. Uh, I, yeah, that sounds great. Um, I'm going to do a little twist on it, I think. Uh, tonight guys? Tonight guys. Have either of you seen It's Always Sunny? Oh, yeah. A little bit. Nightman? Oh, the yeah. Night <laughs> good, good day, man. Good night, man. Good day. The good night, man. Good afternoon. Uh, pick the one you like the best. Turn it off. Uh, cut 30 minutes of what we talk about. Make me look good. Thank you for listening. Take care. <laughs>